Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Red brick, smooth from a hundred winters. Slate, wet from autumnal rain. Inside, the warm heart of the moon underwater. I'm Robbie Knox and I'm the landlord of the moon underwater, a mystical place where guests create their dream pub. Dan, how are you, pal? What have you been up to this week? I've been down um, visiting the livestock farmers this week. Have you been been to see them? No. Yeah. Which particular livestock do they have? Because, you know, there's three main livestock in the correct realm. Yep. Yeah. Sheep. Yep. Alpaca. Right. Bison. Oh, you see, I went to the other livestock one that has the goats. Oh, did you? Pure goats. Pure goats. Did you go to the goat rodeo? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's good, yeah, that it? was, that yeah, was yeah. excellent. Yeah. Um, that, sounds, that sounds fun. Actually, do you know what? I, I have seen you, actually. I saw you last night, didn't I? You were in here last night. I, I'm, always, I just I'm say, always in here. I'm you're always in here. Can I just say, Dan, you absolutely smashed the pub beatbox tournament last <laughs> night. Didn't you? Could you just, you just do that beat you did for me last night? Come on, give it again. I, I, I just, I, I think I'd had a few drinks by then, hadn't yeah, I? Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that affected... I mean, so it would be even better sober then, wouldn't it? I just... You know, I just, I, go on, yeah, just, just a little bit, just a little bit of the beat, yeah. No, 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 it wasn't that. No, the one you did after was the one that had the gong in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember now. It went. That was it. I've taken it to a new place. You have. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah. to, sorry to interrupt you. I just looking at, looking out the window there. And who is that riding to the pub on a Clydesdale stallion? <laughs> I think it, it's Richard Archer from the Mercury and Brit Award nominated band Hard Five. Rich, how wow. are you? Hi there, how are you doing? Yeah, I always like to arrive on a trusty steed. <laughs> yeah, do you? Yeah. You've got many a steed at home? Oh, we've got whole stables full of them. You can never choose which one. <laughs> Rich, uh, I've. I've Achieved quite a lot in my life, I like to think. I've played football. I'm the first goal to win a trophy at the new Wembley Stadium. I've done other stuff. Loads of loads of great <laughs> things I've been really proud of. But my claim to fame is that in the late 2000s, I was in Hard Fight's top eight on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know we had a MySpace. You had a MySpace. Wow. And I was in that top eight. And I Top eight what? <sighs> You remember, do you remember people. MySpace? So the other I mean, thing, I remember it. I never it was a little on the MySpace. You have your top eight people. Oh. And I was on Hardfire's top eight. And you were eighth. I can't remember the position. Oh, like, okay. There's no, there's no, there wasn't a ranking, was there? I don't know. I mean, do you remember who was above you? I can't remember who else was on it. I mean, I don't know. It's quite a while. I just remember this very clearly. I was also in the band Boy Kill Boys top eight. Oh. as my two musical top eights from the olden days <laughs> of, of MySpace. Um, I don't know if you've still got... Top eight or even still have MySpace. I don't know. That. I mean, it was one of those weird things where one minute we were like, we had like, we had like a, they called it a street team where you had kind of like fans and you'd give them like stickers and stuff and they'd go out and do stuff and you get to meet them face to face. 
And then suddenly everything was MySpace and in, and stuff we didn't quite understand, and the whole world had changed. <laughs> uh, you, you always had that sort of DIY sort of ethos, yeah. anyway, didn't you? Yeah. Sort of thing. So I imagine it would be quite an easy transition for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, we all we saw the DIY thing came about mainly because no one else would give us a record deal, so we kind of it was sort of, there was it was out of necessity really, and uh, and then we kind of you know everyone always asks us about it, so we got for we better better carry on with this, um, and we sort of still and I'm still in like I've still got the studio where we start we did the whole the, cherry you know, lips cherry lips yeah, um, you know it was a it was a taxi rank the walls were were nicotine yellow. And we just we painted it, and we got the only paint. It was it was lying around. It was cherry lips paint. That was hence the name. Yeah. And it was this tiny little space. I mean, it was disgusting. You know, it was but it was so cheap. So we just got in there and yeah. kind of started rehearsing, and and um, and it was just cheaper to be in there. You know, like you had to travel like an hour and a half to like go to find a rehearsal studio. And by the time you get there, and you know, what musicians are like you, you you get everything out. Everyone sort of chats for about an hour and a half. The drinks copious amounts of tea. I would better get around to doing something. And then you've got to pack up and go home. So it just sort of like it worked out. And we ended up making this music there. And it's, and, you know, it's sort of everything kind of went remarkably well, you know, considering. So, um, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of kind of great, really. You were championing the world of co-working before we work and all these sort of things, <laughs> yeah. weren't you? You were sort of, yeah, Well, it, it just made me training. think because, um, you know, like there's a – you know, our building, it could be could be could be like one of those fancy places you get up in, you know, that that their London town where there's kind of, you know, <laughs> there's lots of cool people hanging out doing cool things. But ours is just kind of guttering companies, couriers, <laughs> and, you know, toilets that need regular cleaning. Because if you get people pass through and I don't know what I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they've been eating. But and um and then us, you know, we're still there. We're kind of still kind of clinging on um in our little studio. It's had a, it's had a bit of a reeve. Over the years it's it's like like a beating heart it's got bigger and it's got smaller and, and it's a bit of a revamp and it looks a bit more like a studio now than perhaps it did back in the day yeah i've been, I've been down it was, yeah. it was it was homely yeah chaotic it's still definitely chaotic and there's not there's not enough room for everything no still got too much stuff um but um but, you know it's it's, a, it's it's our little place you know it's, it's all right just could do with a like there's not a good there's not a good pub nearby that's that's one of the problems i guess Oh, there we go. We can we can sort yeah. that. We'll design this here, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll start it up round round the corner. The band are back touring, which yeah. I'm for one, I'm very excited about. The music is always very captured so well that sort of living paycheck to paycheck experience of youth sort of thing. It feels almost more relevant than ever now for people. Yeah, I mean that's one of the interesting things in that I don't think you know I mean, perhaps i would say this but i don't think the music sounds dated like the actual no. you know like the the way it's presented and as you know and, and the you know lyrically it it seems it's certainly more relevant now than it yeah. was then you know sometimes well, what are you moaning about back then? You know, like <laughs> yeah. now obviously you know it, it there's it, it i mean I, I, I obviously a lot of our fans are from that era you know and yeah. they've kind of we've we've, we've all got we all grown up together um but it would be kind of pretty cool if, if you know, other people could discover it and get into it because I do think it, it does resonate. Definitely. Um, um, as much, as like you say, more now than it did then, if anything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I 100% agree. Um, well, we are here to talk pubs. Yeah. What are your first, ex- what were your first memories of pubs growing up? Pubs have, seems to have played quite a big part in my life. There's what, there was one at the end of my road. And every day we would walk past it and that smell, that sort of sweet malty smell of the beers would always, yeah. and there was like three brothers there, um, Vincent, Dermot and Brendan. And Vincent was just a bit older than me and the other two were older and they were terrifying because they'd come out and sort of wrestle you to the ground. <laughs> These three brothers and like, if you got in, they would generally be fighting amongst themselves. But if you got in the way, they'd come and have got you too. But uh, so it's like a pub at the end of the road and then, and just some of my like earliest and fondest memories of being in like beer gardens, you know, just sort of sat there, um, being brought maybe half a cider. I want to. Look, I was thinking about this, you know, ahead of meeting up with you guys, and I, I kind of thought actually some of the choices my parents made about how much alcohol my brother and I drank as as youngsters was kind of quite remarkable, because you know we you know we'd have a half a cider, and that feeling of being in the beer garden, it was like an adventure. It was like a, it was like a, it was like a really exciting place to be. The smells. You know, my 
my granddad worked in a brewery and legend says that he kept that brewery going an extra year for you know for the drinks he bought in in the tap room you know he was like supporting his employer um you know, recycling was, yeah, the money through yeah. the, yes who was that uh, was that around your that way? was in that was the Isleworth brewery okay. uh, and then my uncle used to work over in the uh, i think it was the young's brewery over in wandsworth um and just you know i i, I love reading about discovering old pubs you know when there's always that feeling of like sometimes we've gone to the beach with the kids, you know, and you take the scenic route back and you're going down this beautiful road, um, you know, tree line, tree tunnel, sunlight sort of dappling through it, gold. And you think, wouldn't it be great if there was a pub just up here on the left and you'd pull in and you could just go in there and like sort of stumbling upon pubs and it wouldn't have been turned into like a gastro pub. Yeah. There would still be you go in there and they'd have something odd behind the bar, like, you know, like drink wise or whatever. Yeah. And you could go in there and get ensconced. And I don't know, perhaps someone would take the kids home. Um, <laughs> and, you know, How many kids? Uh, uh, five and eight. Okay, so they're probably so almost old enough take to, to pubs. Almost old enough to start drinking if I'm going to my parents' <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. uh, things. But um, but yeah, so that was just that kind of, I just, they are, I don't know, I think they're, for me, like pubs are one of those things, they're for your average run-of-the-mill person. Like they are the one place that you kind of, They've got that history, you know. If you're in, if you're sort of aristocracy, you've got a country seat, haven't you, where your family's lived for years and years. Yeah. Where a pub is the one place where you can go. Maybe church, I guess, is the other one where, you know, you've got a kind of direct link. If you've been there for a while, you've got a direct link with the people beforehand. You think all the stories that have been told in there, all the stuff that's gone down, you know, all the shenanigans. Yeah. I found out recently that there's a pub in Stain. Someone was murdered there back in the 1700s, and you kind of think, wow, what what prompted that? What was going on? You know, all the sort of the lives that have been led and the stories that have been told, the drinks that have been drunk, you know, that's your kind of link to yeah. that. And you have sort of going in there and imagining, you know, when you see the old, you know, the doorway is worn down from the people kind of going in and out and sort of that kind of, you know. Bit. Yeah, I live in Norwich now. We've got a pub there called The Murderers. Oh, um, and that's, it's actually The Gardener's Arms and they've got sort of renamed The Murderers. It's got two names. Um, and that is because of some historic grisly landlord-related murders. Back in the day, yeah. So. Actually, it's the, the, down the road from me, in there's a place called Colnebrook, which is you know a little about two miles away from Staines, and it's on the old Bath Road, so the road that would have gone out west from London. And there's lots of kind of pubs on that because it's on this road. And there's one there called the Ostrich, which famously uh, people believe is the inspiration for Sweeney Todd. Oh wow! Because they had the old room with the trapdoor. Oh wow! And um, they were bumping people off and disposing of the, you know. Disposing of them. I think it was only when they discovered like the guy's horse or something. Yeah. Uh, roaming around. It's like, hey, where's, where's, where's Keith? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> pubs are a bit gentrified now. You don't yeah. get off of like yeah. mad murders these days. Yeah, I love pubs. You can always be guaranteed to get gruesomely battered to death in them. Look, we're going to get on to designing a pub. Dan, do you want to explain to Rich the bell? Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, this is a bell that I've salvaged from a tugboat on the estuary here in the correct realm. Yeah. And if it rings like this, that means that one of your choices is materialising oh, in front yeah. of us. It's how exciting. Yeah. And we always say it doesn't always happen, but so far it has always happened. Yeah. So it'd be a shame if it didn't yeah. happen for you. But Yeah. So yeah. hopefully it will. Fantastic. Yeah. I look forward to hearing yeah. that bell ring. Have yeah. you got a bell in Cherry Lips? Uh, well, actually, we just got, you know, those, they're not their cord, but you know, those kind of like things that you kind of like go ding. Oh, yes. If you're going like, to. used to have those in school. Yeah. Where well, you might meditate yeah. in that kind of style. Yeah. yeah. Somehow we ended up with a pair of those and got them hung above the door like a little doorbell. Like shop a wind chime sort of thing. When you come to a shop, oh, yeah, yeah, ding. Yeah. Um, so okay. we got them hung up there. I don't know why they're quite hung up there, but they do kind of like, you know, when someone tall walks in, you know they're coming in. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, and it gives you, uh, clears your chakra. Whatever that means. <laughs> Every time someone comes in, it's nice. I've it? got it's a regular clear, very cluttered chat at the minute, so I might not go around and get it cleared out. Um, great. Well, let's get on designing your pub, then, Rich. Um, we've got two draft choices for you. What is your first one? Um, well, the first one is Screech Cider. I don't know what this is, no. but I like the sound of it. So I've always had a bit of a, 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 a soft spot for cider, right? You know, and I think it is from those early days at the pub having half a cider, you know, from my mum's side, my family come from the West Country. I wonder if there's something going on there, you know, like deep-rooted that I can't fathom, but is, um, you know, and so I've always quite, I've always quite liked cider. And, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, I, 
I blame most of my fillings on Scrumpy Jack, <laughs> uh, which was that there was a pub in pub Stone Stains called the Phoenix, which is like kind of became the there was a little holy trinity of kind of rock and indie pubs. I mean, if you think about the Stains, it's like you know, eighteen thousand people, and there was like eleven pubs. In the, yeah. you know, right. You know, it's just unbelievable when you think about it now. Most of them are gone, unfortunately. But there was the Phoenix and the uh, the the Hobgoblin. Previous to that, it was called the Clarence. And then there was also the Blue Anchor, which was a real kind of bikers pub. And you could go between these three. And then they had Scrumpy Jack at the uh, at the Phoenix, which is why I like to go there and I drink Scrumpy Jack. So I always quite like cider. Um, and as I got a bit older, I sort of kind of went off a bit. It was a bit too, a bit too sweet. I always set my teeth on edge, you know. And um, So I started like trying out some of like the real ciders. Yeah. But you couldn't get, you can't get them anywhere. So often I'd go to places that had it. Um, and, you know, there are a few pubs now out. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a chain called Big Smoke Brewery, and they've actually they've been taking over some of these pubs that were kind of like a bit on their ass, and they just go in there and go right, okay, we're going to have loads of different types of beers and ales, and we'll also have some real ciders, and we'll have a record deck behind the bar with some vinyl, we'll just put on some cool tunes, and they're generally great. Do a little bit of food, it's not too expensive, and they have the real cider. So I was kind of like, you know, this is great, but some of them are pretty. Well, you know, like what on earth am I, what's, <laughs> what's going on here? So anyway, and I, I was talking about stumbling across pubs. We were on holiday in Cornwall and we were going for a drive and we were up on the sort of like the headlands above us, looking out over the Atlantic and it was a bit drizzly and a bit rainy and we're sort of like going along and, you know, this tiny narrow road, but occasionally the the, uh, the St. Just, St. Ives bus would come like hurtling along <laughs> and we'd just kind of just try and dive into the, into the bush on the side. And suddenly, like, out of nowhere, kind of the mists cleared, and there was this kind of like pub, like and it was like mustard yellow. And we went past. I was like, "What's that place?" And it's called the Gurnard's Head. And I sort of swore that we had to go back there one day. Anyway, it transpired that it's kind of a, it wasn't sort of an inn, and now it's sort of a restauranty place. Uh, and we next time we were there, we went in, and we had like we got got lucky and managed to have lunch. And um, they had on the bar this screech side. I thought, well, I'll try some of that, and I. They poured me a glass and it came in like a like a round, you know, the old school kind of like dimpled sort yeah. of like glasses you used to get mm. in pub. With a handle. Yeah. yeah, and it came in one of those. And when I drank it, it was like everything flashed before my eyes. of like <laughs> all this sort of like like great, lovely, fond memories of back of, of, of my past. It was like, this, this, <laughs> this is, is amazing. It. This is amazing. But I was driving, so I can only like have half, right? So, But maybe that was why it was so nice. Because you know how that feeling, when you have that first one, it's like, this is like this is like amazing, and then you have another one to try and chase that feeling. It's yeah. never quite as good, no. But you keep chasing it, and then before you know it, you're kind of fairly shit faced. <laughs> you don't care anymore, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, I've had this, and it was, and, and so much so that I took a picture of the pump, the the, the little kind of what do you call it, the card, and I phoned the bloke up and said, "Can I, can I take some of your cider home?" And he was like, "No, no." No, no, no. He gave me some sort of licensing nonsense, but I don't believe him. I'm pretty sure he wanted to keep it all for himself. It was wow. so nice. I would just go back to this place to, to go and have that. Yeah. So I thought if I could have that in my pub, yeah, yeah that would yeah. be amazing. That yeah. sounds absolutely fantastic. I I was similar. I would drank cider before I drank beer. Throughout my university years, yeah. I didn't I didn't drink beer. I just didn't like the taste at the time. Uh, and I've grown to like the sort of more. I don't. I, I quite like it when you go somewhere like like Cornwall over, and you get a sort of thing that comes in a plastic yeah. sort of I don't know, flag and whatever you'd call it. I'm not sure. Um, and it's like you have to chew through it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's what I love. Uh, was it that sort of taste? Yeah, well, it was kind of like because it was a real cider, but it just was. I don't know what it was. Just obviously the one because there's so many types, isn't there? I mean, yeah. when you get, if people, when you get into it, you can sit there and go, well, there's all the different apple varieties and the different ways of making it. You know, it's almost like wine-like as well. And like you can get into like where the apple, where the trees were, what part of the country it was made, and all this sort of stuff. And there, there are people making quite grown-up ciders and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this was just—it had a bit of that, but it also was just kind of—it was just perfect. It was like, you know, and then you go think about Cornwall. You go, oh, great, it's going to be loads of loads of that sort of cider. Yeah. But most of the pubs you go to have got that rattler in it, yeah. which is basically a bit like all the kind of sort of pump ciders you get everywhere yeah. else, you know, like your your Strongbow or, um, you know, and I'm kind of like, I've kind of, I can have one of those. There's the Devon Mist Sanford Orchards, that's quite nice. But you can only have one or two, you know, after a while you start. Whereas yeah. this, you could have, you know, you could have stuck on it all, all, 
it's a, it's an interesting one actually because I, I tried to do a bit of research about Screech and the way you described the pub was so beautiful there sort of you know that it was it was quite mystical and it sort of came out of nowhere and it feels like there's a bit of mysticism around this cider because there's very little information online about it yeah they have got a little website but it doesn't look like they've updated it for about 15 years <laughs> and it, they said that use an, they use an old French mobile hydraulic press which they got from Brittany yeah. to, to, to make the cider in this traditional way. It was sort of built in 1958. But then you read that um, one other thing that they do is that they make a cider brandy with a company called Pocketful of Stones, which which sounds incredible. I've never had cider brandy, but it sounds incredible. But when you read about that, they say, oh, yeah, we've, we've, we've got this collaboration with Noah from Screech Cider, Who's a farmer and he's one of a kind, or he's like, or he's 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 a, he's a really eccentric guy or eccentric farmer, and you think, oh, I'd like to find out a bit more. And I don't know if this is the guy that you yeah. spoke to, but this you can't find. There's nothing no. nothing to find out about him. Yeah, I reckon you have to you have to get through a lot of gatekeepers yeah. to find him. Yeah, you know, yeah. To... So he's got this real mysticism set up around him, yeah. and and just makes this very particular cider. It sounds fascinating. And I think you can only get it in two places. There was this, this the Gurnard's Head, and they've got another one over in Mausel, I think it is, where you can get it. And it's oh. just like, you know, what? This is so, I was trying to think of ways of like how I could get round, you know, like, so there's a, a there's a, there's a, um, Staines has got a big brewing heritage. I mean, yeah. it used to have a brewery there called Ashby's, and they used to have like loads of pubs. There's a pub in, in Brentford that, um, I used to go to after the game called the Horse Groomsman. Um, and there, the step is an, is an Ashby's mosaic. So they yeah. had all these pubs all over the place. And, and at one point I was going, wouldn't it be amazing if you could find out? They used to make Australian pale ales, apparently. Yeah. What, you know, I guess it's the same concept as an IPA. But you could find out what, the, what they made and someone could remake it and they could serve it in all the pubs in Staines. Little did I know how that's not the case. But then there's a guy who set up a, a microbrewery in Staines and he's, he's got this place. I thought maybe I'll get him to buy it. Because then he could, yeah, wasn't having it. There's got to be a way. Yeah. You need to get. Some you need to yeah. go down and offer to do like a outdoor concert at his farm or something, yeah. and just say, just pay me in a couple of kegs. There's a, well, there's, finally, there's another guy up in Herefordshire called Oliver Cider, and he makes nice cider, but he's like a tour manager. Oh right. So that could be a way in, couldn't it? Maybe there's. Yeah, we'll, we'll know the plan. We'll be seeing the Hardfire Cornwall tour. <laughs> yeah, 24, yeah. 24 announced. Why are they going down <laughs> to St. Berrien in Cornwall? It's <laughs> uh, interesting that French cider press, because you think of cider as being very sort of British sort of thing, but there are some great ciders around the world. I've had a sort of Normandy, Brittany sort of mm. cider. It was lovely. And I was in Gijon, um, which is how you pronounce what I've previously called Gijon, Gijon. Oh, wow. um, in in Spain, and they had a great cider there. Sort of things. So have you ever had any yeah. any foreign ciders? Yeah, well, because I, I, I um, you know, I really like Spain, and they have their kind of Asturias Asturian cider. Yeah, well, don't they up in the sort of like the north of the country? Yeah. And um, but I've never been there. That'd be something I'd love to do because they do like rocking food as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, they do that whole thing where you have to. Um, I have tried to do that. You know, it's quite. Yeah. Uh, it's quite. I, I love. I love. A, you know. A, We'll discuss later, but I love a bit of theatre. Yeah. So all that stuff's great, you know, that kind of like, you know, they, you hold the grass down by your hip, then you yeah. know, they hold it up above their head and pour it, sort of aerate it and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what we had there. And it was the guy, and you he'd only pour a little bit. We didn't get it at first, but that's because you're supposed to like neck it, I yeah. think, sort of thing, once, once he does it. But he let me have a go of the pouring, and it was a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> but there were different guys. There were two guys who worked at the bar. One, one was a bit... A bit splashy with it. He wasn't great doing it. The other one was doing it over his shoulder without looking into a glass on his back. Didn't spill a drop. Oh, that is. It's kind of like uh, so Tom Cruise. Yeah, cocktail. cocktail. Yeah, 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 in rustic Spain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was that was really good. When I was doing, I did a YouTube video with um, Tubes. I used to work with Soccer AM um, out there, and that's so it's, it's in that. You can go um, to if you go to the French House, which is obviously a great boozer in Soho. Yeah. Um, they do the Normandy cider there as well, like in, in the sort of like, I think, like litre bottles or whatever. Yeah. That's nice. But again, that's quite, quite, it can creep up on you quite quickly if you're not careful. Is that the pub in Soho? Right, no one else, everyone else thinks I'm mental on this, but it definitely exists. There's a pub in Soho that has a letter from David Beckham as a child in it on the wall. Is that that one? Oh, I what don't know. That? So basically, there's this letter. I can't remember if it's one letter or more than one letter. It definitely is real. Um, 
everyone thinks I'm mental when I say this, but it is. And they've got a framed thing. So I, I don't know what the backstory is. I can't remember. It's something like the guy who owned the pub or was the landlord was mates with David Beckham or something like that. And it's a letter David Beckham has written to his mate when he was like 14 or whatever and first joined Man U. And it's, but it's written like, by like a, obviously like a 14-year-old boy. So it's stuff like, um, yeah, I went there and I um, I saw Ryan Giggs and I did this, 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 and I'm getting paid like £40 a week and it's amazing. And um, I, I saw, I got off of this birth the other day. It's, it's brilliant to read sort of thing as well. I think it might be that one. It might be somewhere around that sort of wave. I can't remember. I might have to stumble around some Soho pubs until I find it. Yeah. You know? Well, let's, yeah. maybe we, someone hopefully will, will be aware of what I'm talking about um, and I'm not just having a stroke and they will write in and, and tell us and I'll, I'll let you know we can all go down and have a little drink and check out the, the David Beckham <laughs> uh, great well fabulous first choice and I now have a real thirst for yeah. that cider I feel definitely got to check it out yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, we'll make a special trip down what's your second draft option so uh, the second one is Mao Classica which is obviously a, a Spanish lager really and and the reason i chose this one is because um me and my wife we'd gone to madrid right and we were knocking about a place called uh, uh plaza santa Ana. so you know i can't i don't know what part of madrid it's in but that's where we were staying and we come across this like um bar called casa alberto and you go in there and it's and all the like the uh the counter the bar is like kind of copper i mean everything was old it was all from like you know perhaps 120 years ago it looked incredible and we thought we'll have a quick drink in here and they served they did the whole kind of classic tapas thing so they served glasses you know not not even half pint glasses um of of this mao and the and with a little head on it and it was so creamy i was like this is incredible what is i don't know how they did it but it was just like this is and then they'd serve up these like they were basically they're basically pork scratchings, but they they call <laughs> they call them chicharron, and they are like the best pork scratchings you will ever eat. Right? And I, I think that we've fallen behind here about the whole like like food in the pub angle because like what a great idea to have a little bit of nice food comes with your drink. You know, back in the day, maybe you used to have the old roast potatoes that you're on the bar or what have you. And I know up north sometimes you get a you get a Yorkshire pudding, but you don't see that anymore. Whereas in Spain, even even if you go into like the ropiest looking bar the bloke will bad temperedly give you a bit of old sausage or something but it would generally be quite nice yeah. but anyway this mao was like it was just incredible and it was like we stayed there all day just like drinking and i've always had a bit of a thing because like i said I, I really like spain and i've had a bit of a thing about spanish beers i'll always go and generally buy them because it makes me think i'm on holiday yeah <laughs> i get that so yeah. you know i kind of i know they're not for everyone's taste but you know i will I will, you know, go and get an Estrella Galicia uh, or something like that, or Estrella Dam. I don't like one of my bugbears though is the stuff that like Madri. Yeah, Madri is about as Spanish as I am. Right, it's made m- by cause, made by cause, brewed in Luton. You know, it's literally. <laughs> so I kind of like. So I think I like to think that it's been like made somewhere like that. So a bit yeah. of sunshine comes with it. Yeah. So I kind of love all that. And this particular one, it was just just amazing, and you could you could just because it was. The whole, I mean, it was just the atmosphere. Obviously, everything tastes better when you're on holiday, wasn't it? But it was that, the creamy head. And I was talking to a guy back in back home who, who said, "Oh yeah, you have to you have to spend ages tweaking the setup to get that." I mean, literally, it's a it's an art. It's an art form. So I thought, well, if I can have that, but obviously, you've got to have the guy who knows how to set it up with it. You can't just be chucking it out. You've got to have someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I, when I looked at them, actually, I, that, that's interesting that you said that because quite a lot of their history, they talk about the different beers they've had, and the, the recipe for for Mao is goes back to like eighteen ninety, and they used to sell it in bottles with corks in and stuff. But they've also constantly since about the sixties have been inventing uh, different taps to pour mm. it properly. So, like in nineteen sixty seven, they had this special column. And it was the first one to have two movements. It was one to pour the beer and then one to create the foam. And they've been sort of refining that and making new ones ever since. So maybe it's something to, obviously yeah. that's very important to how they want their beer to be served. But I'd never seen, I mean, I'm sure they do, yeah, but I've never yeah. seen a beer company be quite so interested in developing different taps for pouring it in the right temperature and the right kind of head and that kind of thing yeah and they definitely had this down you know and mm. it definitely it definitely is a thing because i've again spoken to 
a bloke I knew who was working in a in a place in in London. Um, it's like you know, for so I love Bradley's Spanish Bar um, on Hamway Street. Yeah. You know, the jukebox in there is just yes. amazing, right? And they've got all the Spanish lagers there, and I love going there. And you know, and but it's not quite the same. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's by Tottenham Court Road yeah. station. Yeah. 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 Sort of, yeah, I you know, know they've got like Chris Campo in there, and they've got like you know uh, the one from Granada. I've got what it's called, and they've got uh, Alhambra. That's it, and they've got so we've got all the Spanish beers in there. But they don't taste the same as they did in Casa Alberto coming up with that with a special mechanism. That's the difference. They've obviously, like you said, they've thought about it, and they've mm. someone's got that in there, and they they look after it, and they, you know, they it's it's a, it's a work of art. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the one in uh, that they invented in the sixties had the figure of Ceres, goddess of ag- agriculture, on top of there, this big column. Like, so there's a lot of thought of just yeah. the aesthetics of it has yeah. gone into it as well. Goddess of agriculture. It's not a goddess I've heard of before. Oh no, goddess. Yeah, yeah. it's well, not. Like, it's like when they have a cabinet reshuffle, isn't it? They're not yeah. the prime jobs. <laughs> what do you mean, war, love, agriculture? Actually, <laughs> crops. Yeah, I'm in charge of crops. Uh, t- some terrific. Terrific draft choices there. That sounds brilliant. And you're right about the Spanish bars and food. They're just fabulous, aren't they? My, yeah. my friend Assad lives in Barcelona and his road was just a Carre de Bly and it was just a sort of fairly normal road. And then at one of those pincho bars, you know, where they've got that, that yeah. sort of bread and they've got something on it and a pin thing opened up um, and a cocktail stick sort of thing through it. And, that, and then another one did it. It's now this like famous street that he's just grown up around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it, it's just this famous street all with loads of different tapas bars in it. And you just go and pick one of these up while you're while you're having a drink, collect the cocktail sticks, and they bill you at the end of it. Probably won't work in this country, people just throw the cocktail sticks away. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're, they're just brilliant at that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like I think the thing will be here, it would be loads of money, whereas kind of there, yeah. it's you know, like there we went to this place and you just sit there and you bought a beer and like you had to go choose from a blackboard of of like what you wanted it was mostly seafood and you could just sit there and like spend over the whole evening i've spent 15 euros on beer and you've had this amazing food um but i think you know more than you know just that that's just little little things and you'd, you know if there was a place that made that little effort you'd go back there more often wouldn't you you'd yeah. kind of like you know, you'd sort of make you feel a bit more welcome. I don't know. It's just like yeah. a better than a bag of crisps that cost you two quid. That's the thing with tapas in this country. You're right. It's too. It's not the right idea. What you want is a small amount of something yeah. for a cheap price. Yeah. You don't know they're like, I don't want nine pounds worth of plaza bravas. I want two pounds <laughs> worth of plaza bravas, and then I can have lots of different things rather than like just two things or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I could. You know, again, it's a, it's a different culture there. Like when, so my. My um, my uncle was a, a was a Spanish guy from Madrid. He came over here in must have been like the fifties or the sixties, working as a waiter, and then he met my my aunt, and um, and he sort of like went from being a waiter to like running restaurants, and then eventually had his own place. Like yeah, like when he at the peak of his game, he had a place out on Windsor Great Park, and you know like um, Princess Anne would go in there and. You know, out and John and all that. Like, so it's like the high rollers would rock yeah. up there, and we'd go for like Christmas and my nan's birthday and things like that. And so we'd get to go and hang out in these places. And uh, one of the one of them was called. He, he had a place called Sancho Panza, and you're upstairs for like a bar, and then the restaurant was downstairs. And while you're upstairs, they'd go around with these massive plates full of calamari rings, and they were just. I mean, like I was a kid, and you know, most kids when they want to try squid they're like no thanks I'm yeah. not having that mate but they were all amazing and I've chased I've had so many calamari of these <laughs> I've chased how good calamari high and then all the adults would go downstairs and the kids would go down and we'd, we'd finish first and go up there and start to drink the bar I mean it was it was mad but it was like um, <laughs> thinking about it now you know but it was like you know so you know I guess maybe there's a little taste of that that's yeah. that but um I feel yeah. like we're uncovering a lot of childhood trauma. Yeah. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember any of it for obvious reasons, but it's all sort of coming back now. Quite fun but, trauma. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, so that's just that kind of like, you know, that, I don't know, those, those tastes and that stuff. I've always just loved it. Always loved it. You obviously toured the world with, with Hard Fi. Apart from the UK and Ireland, what country has the best pubs? Is it Spain? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, because I was thinking about this today and, and obviously, I'm going to draw a slight distinction between pubs and bars. Yep. Because bars, Japan, 
it's got some incredible places because you know like just and they're generally quite you know you know there's one in uh, Sapporo called the electric sheep which is like you know like <laughs> do androids dream of electric sheep the book that it was like they influenced Blade Runner you know and it's like a this place you can go to and kind of like imagine you're in Blade Runner which is like to me would be amazing like and they've got just great rock and roll bars and great now I went to this place near our hotel once in Tokyo and they bring you like a um quite like rum and they bring you like a glass of rum with like a hand chiseled perfect sphere of ice and they're showing some old films on a thing and playing some cool music and they've just nailed that stuff man they've just got it really great and like always oh you go to another place and they all they do is beer and chicken wings but they were the best chicken wings you've ever had and the beer is just perfect i mean for that size of stuff they they've really got that going on i think yeah um, uh, yeah so yeah that, that will be the the bar choice in terms of pubs what would be your pubs well you know I, I mean i mean i do love you know again the spain thing but again i see them as they're kind of more almost more like bars thing. yeah it's quite i guess not everyone's got yeah, I think really it's only are pubs really only the thing. It's kind of a it's a it's a, it's a British thing that's then kind of ended up in like Australia or yeah. the states, isn't it? Through um, say so Germany's got pubs. of course, yeah, of course, yeah. Actually, then Germany, yeah. I yeah. would never have gone like before we went there. I would have never thought of going to Germany. I was like, well, I just been never considered it as being like a place I'd like to go and see. And then when we went. Um, it was like, oh, it's such an amazing, really cool place, really cool places to go, cool people, great food. Like you say, great yeah. establishments to go and drink and yeah. hang out and, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Growing up as kids, we were fed so much lies about Germany. Yeah. We were told, certainly before the, cold, the end of the Cold War, we were told it was a, a miserable place where women all looked like massive shot putters and it was just this dark, horrible place and nothing could be that, further from the truth. I remember told that in Germany, um, pink was a was a boy's colour and blue was a girl's colour. That's right. what we were told at primary school. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any teachers told us that, but it was a thing that we were told. <laughs> in general, like, everything's, like, yeah. everything's yeah. backwards. There's no, there's no humour. And when you go to Germany and it turns out everyone's cool beautiful, funny, and it's just a brilliant place with great food. You're like, why? Why was this, why was this propaganda? What was, what was going on? Yeah, fabulous. Place. I'm actually going, at the time of recording, I'm going to Germany tonight. Oh, wow. I'm going to Oktoberfest in Munich. Amazing. Which I've never been to before. Have you been? I've not. The, I, I, we went there. We were, we were touring in Germany, and we had, we had a night off in Munich at yeah. that time, but it was one of my oldest friend's weddings. So I flew back to go to the wedding and the guys went to that. So I was like, I was very happy to go to the wedding. It was a great night and it was a great time. But obviously I would have, that's something I'd love to do. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for you. I let you know how it gets on if I survive. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
bottles or cans you get the choice of. Okay. Um, you get two of these. What's yeah. your first one? Um, okay, well, the first one uh, will be a can of K-Cider. And this... Oh, oh no. tugboat? It's, no, no, it's the bell. It's oh, the bell. it's the bell. It's the bell. We can see. Wow. Yeah. Supposing other moon and water always seems to conjure up the things you can get from Tesco Express and not the hard to try and get outside. I was going to say, it's really disappointing that you didn't manage to get, get hold of yeah. Screech, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the budget yeah, of the moon and water is not quite what we'd have hoped for. Um, wow. Look at this. Good you don't have to drink it. Yeah, this rich. It's nice and cold. You can, you can open it have a little sip if you want. I'm going to have a little, little, little try just for old time's sake. Has K always been 7.5%? Well, I actually thought it was a bit more than that. Well, I, I can tell you about that if you like. The bottles but we, we used to have as uh, kids and stuff. Not kids. Teenagers. <laughs> it, you know what I mean? It, it used to be 8.4%. And then it was, uh, and recently, the last few years, it went down to 8 and now it's at 75 I used to drink at uni. I was drinking. Yeah. What? At yeah. uni, you would have been drinking 8.4%. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I digest that. Let's open it. Yeah. I'm quite, um, you know, surprised and delighted that it's cold. That's, yeah, that's good. Well, it's very good. You know, that's what the water is magical. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, yeah. Oh, I see. I thought you were going to. I mean, maybe I'm uh, cut above. No, 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 that is it. <laughs> yeah, not, Richard just poured it into I'm a glass, which I was, uh, I've been shown up by, so I'm going to do the same now. Is that, is that the best way? You did specify a can of it, so I didn't know whether you uh, wanted Do you know can. what? But actually, now you mention it, it was in bottles, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah I remember those yeah. black bottles yeah. with the, the red K on. Yeah. Um, it just suddenly popped into my head. I just remember being at basically <sighs> sixth form. Wow. That takes me back. Yeah. That takes me back to university. I don't like cider, but it's not, actually it's not bad. And it was like the cool drink. It was a drink that everyone drank. Yeah. And there was a pub called the Hand and Spear in Weybridge, which was a bit a bit far for us to go. We kind of had to drive there. But so when I went to sixth form, I went to this uh, place called Strode's and it like a few years previously had been like a grammar, ball boys grammar school. And then eventually it had been turned into like a, a, a free-for-all secondary, a uh, mm. sixth form college. But you still had a few kind of like basically, you know, people people have been like left, they've been to uh, private school. And now they yeah. went to Strode's because it still had a bit of a, an yeah. ear, a thing about it. I don't know what, but then there was lots of like oiks like us. So, yeah. you know, if you went to Weybridge, you might, there'd be like some basically some posh girls, yeah. you know, that would be at this place. And we went to this pub, but this pub, like for a little while, apparently it was like the busiest pub in the UK outside of London. Tuesday nights, they had some kind of like DJs on. I didn't know who yeah. they were, but like, and it was Tuesday night packed and everyone would be drinking K-Cider out of those little black bottles because it was the, obviously we're, not, the, not the designated driver because it was eight and a half percent. But like, you know, like that was, yeah, it was just like, oh. Because at one point I'd forgotten all about it, and then but occasionally you see like these bigger cans, and it seems to have become, you know, more of a choice of the you know someone who needs to get drunk very yeah. quickly, you know, in circumstances, you know, rather than rather than what it what it was, which was like the you know the, it was the the go to drink, it was the yeah. cool drink to drink at the time. I wonder. I've thought for a while recently because I thought K cider quite recently. I thought why isn't it? Still drunk now. That's why, because it's seven and a half percent. Yeah. They obviously yeah. had to bring it down a bit to try and get it a bit more. Well, they've obviously gone a bit more. They've tried to make it a bit more respectable, haven't they? But yeah, yeah. The mark of quality, the, it says yeah. on it. There we go. But it's not actually that bad, is it? Do you know what? Mm-hmm. If you're a younger, if you're a younger listener and you want to know what the 1990s tasted like, go and get yourself a can of this, and that. That is like the. It's like the, my mouth is full of the nineties. <laughs> I remember trying to like when I was kid probably again probably too young but trying to drink a pan of special brew and it, i found it so disgusting that i i ate some jacob's crackers to try and make myself yeah. thirsty enough to drink it um yeah. didn't work but uh, but you wouldn't do that with this it's quite it's quite nice it's not, it's not bad yeah yeah it's yeah because what is special brew is that a similar sort of percentage or something like that is more i don't know do we know no, i don't know have a, have a look up in your have a look up in your mind about it and i'll just i found this about uh k cider from um 2016, where the Portsmouth City Council actually registered a complaint about it. This is what this is what they said. 
They said, this product is incredibly high strength, served in a non-resealable can and is not designed to be shared. I would argue that it is impossible to drink it responsibly as each one contains more than a man's recommended daily allowance and twice as much as a woman's in each 500 milliliter serving. The fact it's served in cans means that once open, they must be consumed or rapidly lose quality of taste, <laughs> etc. This encourages people to drink the entire can in one serving or have their com- or, or have their consumer rights impinged. <laughs> You've I got mean, two choices, yeah. Rich. You're going to drink the entire can, you're going to have your consumer right, rights impinged. Crack I, mean, I mean, fair enough, really, isn't it? Yeah. Really, I mean, they put it, put it like that. That <laughs> yeah, seems yeah, kind of like reasonable. The panel in the end, they sort of, I think they sort of rejected and said, well, it's not quite fair and everything. But, but then since then, they have knocked almost the percentage point off the yeah. strength, but, it, but it so. was in these like and they were quite elegant like little smaller black small, bottles yeah, yeah you know like and um I mean, that's obviously probably a cost thing i imagine that they've stopped doing it but um so it kind of looked quite cool it was kind of like you know sleek and they had there that weren't any other black bottles of things were there so yeah. it did look quite cool but not even that. really any you know you don't at that time there was not really any bottled ciders either was there and i think people it wasn't that it was cider that i drank it, it was just that everyone was kind of drinking it mm. Um, you used to get there was a cocktail I recall made of these I don't know if it made it to stage but certainly in Norwich it was which was one bottle a pint glass with one bottle of K-Cider and one bottle of Castaway it was called a Blastaway have you ever had that? <laughs> I can't remember what Castaway was was that no, a sign? I don't know what that so, is I don't know um, but that was that was a, a popular drink at the time 9% special breweries so that's only there's, there's daylight there. there's like, not much daylight um, yeah, so that's I, I I can't get over that. You know what yeah. the, you know what the case stands for? Kira. <laughs> I, no, no, no one no one knows. Oh. It's a complete mystery. Some say it's a mark of luxury because K used to be an abbreviation for carrots of or it mm-hmm. you know has been used as an abbreviation for carrots of gold. Um, and others say that uh, Benedictine monks used to brand their best brews with a K to show that they were sort of special. But no one actually knows. Not, someone must know. Someone, someone, someone knows. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. Started, the guy know who went stick a cow in the front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kids will love it. He'll know. Yeah, yeah. He'll know. Great. Well, that has oh. that has brought. That's taken me. Take me back. Yeah. Take me back. What's your other can or bottle choice? Okay, so my other choice is a is a bottle, and uh, it's basically can be anything by a company called Small Beer, and the reason for that is that it's taken me long enough, you know. But I, I've come to realise that drinking isn't actually that good for me. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, and actually, that you know, you know, it doesn't take a lot really to make me feel pretty rotten the next day. Yeah. And I, because at some point, you know, I used to drink mainly bottles, you know, like bottles of K cider, or at one point, everyone was drinking Beck's, right? So, and I think it was when I met uh, Wolsey White who produced the. Uh, hard fire records and you know he used to be a fixture at the swan pub in stains he would be propped up against the bar cradling his pint under one arm and rolling a fag um <laughs> and um he would always always drank pints whenever i started i started drinking pints and i've you know i've kind of never was really in, like into that so suddenly i'm drinking pints and like before you know it he's going like drinking like four or five pints of Stella or something. And I'm next day I'm thinking, I feel really rotten, you know, like kind of, and obviously as you get older, you feel even worse. Mm. And it seems to take longer to sort of get over those things. And, um, and, and, you know, even things like, you know, like, like your, like your, your singing voice, it, it like, it, it will mess it up. You know, it's like, I just want to just work this out. You know, if I, <laughs> if I could have, if I could have known this 20 years ago, I'd have been, sort of, it'd have been a lot easier. I probably wouldn't have done changed anything, but, but um, so yeah, the small side, and the problem with like for me with like non-alcoholic drinks is they always taste a bit empty and a bit sweet. And they're getting better and better. I met some friends the other day, and I and I was we were going to have an early start the next day, so I tried to stick to the non-alcoholic offerings, and they were all right, but they just didn't have that sort of crispness. So the small beer where they kind of I mean they they say that they have developed this technique to kind of keep the flavour in there. Um, but obviously, I think back in the day you'd when they made the beer, they they put water through all the malt that they twice, and the yeah. first run gets all the most of the sugar out and makes a stronger yeah. beer. And the second run has got less sugar in it, so the beer's not as strong. They called that small beer. But these guys got found a way of uh, making kind of. Like, I think the guy used to work for Fuller's. Yeah, making this, so it's quite 
nice. But it's not not alcoholic, but it's kind of like, you know, one. So you could like kind of have a couple of pints with your mates and kind of not feel too rubbish, hmm. you know. What percentage is it? Like two and a half percent? Two and a yeah. half. Yeah. 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 And, I, and, I, and I've, so I was reading this thing as well about. 2.1. You can like, like, like sleep, right? Sleep is so important for everything, like for your yeah. mental health, your physical health, for everything. Um, and a guy points out in this book about, you know, he says, you know, the worst thing you can do for sleep is have a drink. Because you basically, you do sleep, but you keep waking up. Because you've had a drink, you don't remember waking up. The best time to have a drink is in the morning. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, that's, I, haven't, I haven't quite tried to you know, mess with that yet. But, but obviously, so yeah, the small beer. I was just thinking that could be a little sort of go-to place when you've yeah. got, you know, you maybe got to drive a train or something. Or, <laughs> or, or you're, a, you know, you've got a transatlantic flight you're catching. Yeah, yeah. Something like that yeah, that you yeah. can... You know, a driving beer. And yeah. Of course, not that be responsible, but you know, like something where you can just enjoy it without it being kind of too ruining the next day. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I, I've I got. I'm training for the Lisbon Marathon at the minute, wow. and I got, um, I got this watch, this Garmin watch, and it monitors all your stats and stuff like that. And it's, it's like. If I've had a drink, it knows. It doesn't know. I've never told it, but yeah. like you can just see in your sleep, all the stats, yeah. everything like that is just awful. It's just one drink. It's really made me aware, certainly in the last year, of, of the effects of it. But I love a beer of the, in the 2%. If I see anything like that in a pub, I'll order it. Yeah. It's, but yeah, you're right. There is, a, there is a mix in quality of them. The thing is, is that because the problem for me is, is that I love pubs and drinks. I love the culture I love, you know, I just love the the artwork on some of these things, you know, the wine. I, you know, I love it all. I'm, I'm not an expert, mm. but I love the whole, I love being in pubs. I love the kind of like the, the you know, the architecture of pubs. I love all that stuff, I, you know. So if that was to be taken away from me, <laughs> yeah. what I do, right? So I like that. Yeah. So, and, and actually you kind of sit there going, yeah, but actually it's not kind of that great for you, yeah. really, is it? So this is a little way of kind of, yeah. You know, that's what I do. Like yesterday, I was I'd, I'd been doing some filming, and I went afterwards to get some lunch with the guy. And the guy I was with ordered a pint. I thought so I had a pint of shandy, and that was like one pint of shandy. Mm-hmm. That'll be fine. And I slept well last night after it sort of thing. But yeah, I think I think that sort of lower percentage thing is is the key to it. Yeah, as I've said this on here before, but I I will um, often tag in a non-alcoholic beer in a session. So if I'm doing like mm. a pub crawl, maybe every third or fourth, I'll just get a little. Go ship 0%. Tactical, like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, you better nail the rest of that can. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will lose its flavour. As we know, that will impinge my consumer rights (laughs) if I don't get the the quality of the the case cider 7.5% that we're drinking at midday. Um, Do you know where Small Beer, where 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 that name is from? Uh, I thought it was from the brewing process where they... As I say, they would. It would be um, that that was that wouldn't give the name, would it? Where they that second kind of pass of the liquor through the what's it that isn't had, hasn't got as much sugar in. So yeah. when you ferment it, it doesn't have as much alcohol in the end. I think but, that's essentially it. They used to make they in in um, sort of Shakespeare Shakespearean era. They used to obviously the water wasn't safe to drink, so actually people drank. Small, it was called small beer, and it was sort of about 0.5 to two and a half percent. People drank that for hydration and yeah. to yeah. and for wow. nutrition as well. Like kids drank it, like it was it was a safe liquid to drink. Yeah. And then when water became safe to drink, it sort of the the whole thing sort of died out. And the small beer guys, that's what they've sort of been looking back to that time to try and recreate this idea of small beer, and and that it's still a tasty. A tasty beer, exactly as you were saying. Yeah. But in Sweden, it's quite common. Like they make two point two five percent beers and stuff, and they have them in work canteens, and that it's pretty normal yeah. just to have yeah. a have a pint of that. Because it, it's, it seemed to be that we kind of like for a little while we had like you know everything was like it's quite strong continental lagers, yeah, and everything was over five percent, you know, and, and and then obviously now they've all kind of realised. I don't know whether it's obviously they say it's a responsibility thing, but it's probably more a VAT on, on yeah. alcohol duty. They've all kind of backed it off to about 4.6, 4.8. But it was kind of like we went, everything went strength and kind of, you know, when there was, you sort of lost that idea that you could just go out and have some drinks with friends and not necessarily have to get like drunk, you know, yeah. just 
have a little bit of a buzz and have a good, good you know, a chat and a good time and not. That's what yeah. they do in the continent, like, isn't it? Not necessarily with the strength of the beer, but they will all they will have a small beer by volume. Yeah. Yeah. And be quite happy with that. <laughs> Whereas here we feel the need to get through. Yeah. Well, thing, my yeah. wife says, like, why would I have a pint, right? Because it's going to get warm. Yeah. Right? You have a pint, unless you drink it quickly, it's going to, if it says lager, obviously, it's going to get yeah. warm. So it's a good point. Have a smaller thing, and then you, you enjoy it. You know, you don't impinge your consumer rights, do you? It's like, it's <laughs> exactly. Be, yes. um, and as the UK's foremost uh, consumer rights <laughs> podcast, uh, this, is what we're, this is what we're here to, to avoid. Uh, yeah, I've just thought. I just thought that if you mixed your K cider with your small beer, you could get a normal strength snake bite. <laughs> It'd be like an adder bite, wouldn't it? It's like, you know, it's, like, it's not going to kill you, but it might yeah. be uncomfortable. Yeah. Whereas if you mix special brew with K cider, you'd get just yeah, the worst yeah. drink in the world. Okay, phones away. Put a gag on Siri. It's quiz time. Elvis's black belt was in karate. I saw it on QI. No half points for saying J.K. Rowling is the lead singer of Jamiroquai. Moira Stewart. No, I'm afraid it was Gordon Honeycomb. Rich, do you enjoy a pub quiz? Um, do you know what? I'm, I've never been too sold on pub quizzes, I'll be honest with you, because often you'll stumble onto them when you haven't gone there for the quiz, you've gone there for a drink, and then the quiz is on. And you can't talk because everyone's yeah. obsessed by the quiz, you know, uh, rather than you kind of like. So I'm kind of, I'm, 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 you know, but I, I, I have partaken in one or two, and I've always come last. Oh. So, so probably I shouldn't be into pub quizzes, really. That's, but you know, no, I'm right. open to. I'm I, open to. I think I, I'm firmly in your camp there. That I don't mind if I've gone to do a pub quiz, but I don't like to go to a pub and then find out there's a pub quiz. Dan and I once left a pub, not because there's a pub quiz on, because it had a vibe. A pub quiz is about to break out. <laughs> yeah. Like far too many people there for a Wednesday, yeah. all sat in group tables. There yeah. was a chair with a microphone. And we were just before we, we had the bar, we're about to order, we're like, this feels pub quizzy, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go next door. We'll Nip it in the bud. Well, yeah. well, you'll just, you won't enjoy this thing because Dan's about to do the pub <laughs> yeah, quiz. About to do the pub quiz. Um, your uh, first album was Stars of CCTV. Yes. And so off the back of that, I thought, why don't we do a quiz about acronyms okay because <laughs> uh, cctv stands for robbie close circuit television correct so Is that a point? Uh, yeah. that's not a point <laughs> uh, okay. or as we discovered uh the chinese state television oh, yes. uh, yeah, which um, they found rather confusing when we rocked yeah. up in, in <laughs> i remember being there and seeing the building where it was and it, it just sounds quite funny you know when you think of yeah. that sort of uh, it's an unfortunate name for the, for the state media anyway um uh i you know i like acronyms i, I didn't know this is some really good I like acronyms. well i do like did you know <laughs> let did, me shock you did you know taser is, a, is an acronym you know you know taser oh, no. is an acronym and it stands for tom swift and his electric rifle and that's because uh, the guy that invented it named after a uh, it named it after the title of the book, um, which is sort of a uh, sort of young adult adventure novel from nineteen eleven. Tom, uh, Tom Swift and his electric rifle. Does that work? That doesn't work. T A. Yeah, I mean it's not quite right, but uh, Tom Swift, I guess he's doing the one. Are we just doing, uh, is it just acronyms or is it initialisms as well here? It's sort of an acronyms initialisms. Okay, thank you. Okay, okay, so uh, what's going to happen is we are going to do three questions. And don't answer them, have a think. Mm -hmm. We're going to do the answers in the second part of the podcast. Okay, so I'll just run through the three of them now. First one, what does YMCA stand for? YMCA. Second one. What does the HP in HP source stand for? And third one, what does iMac stand for? Okay, okay there we go. Well, we'll Short sorry, sweet. Is that iMac? IMAX. Or IMAX. As in the iMac yes, cinema. Okay. Yeah. okay, well, we will. I've got one of those at least. <laughs> Good. We will, we will um, come back to that in, in the second half because it is now a time 
for you to leave. If you do not support the Moon Underwater on Patreon, if you like to subscribe, head to moonunderpod.com and sign up to get ad-free extended episodes a day early, a monthly bonus podcast, and access to the Moon Underwater Social Club on Facebook. We'll see you soon, though. In part two, we'll continue creating Rich's Dream Pub. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.